Hey friends, welcome to episode two of the Culture Carries Us podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Poff, and again, I just want to say thank you for choosing to spend your time with us. Man, guys, if you missed episode one, you need to go back and get it because Brittany Rogers Mayweather, she brought the goods. We talked culture-driven leadership. Uh, we talked her time in Alabama as a player and All-American, uh, and then we talked about her her place now as an assistant principal in an elementary school and, and what culture-driven leadership really looks like and the impact that it truly has. So if you missed that, go back and catch it. Uh, today, though, guys, I'm super excited to have head softball coach from Georgia Tech, Aileen Morales, and her star freshman shortstop, Dekula alum, and my former player, Jen Saleo. It's going to be awesome, guys. Okay, so today we're talking about building relationships. You know, this is foundational for everything else that happens. This is kind of like a catalyst, and it, and it it starts a chain reaction, guys. When relationships are formed and bonds are made and they're in place, everything else has the potential to thrive. And so it's important as leaders that we focus on building relationships. In today's episode, we're going to talk to Coach Morales and Jen about their time as athletes, um, Coach Morales' time as a coach at her alma mater at Georgia Tech, and kind of their perspective on building relationships and kind of what they're doing, where they are right now, um, to stay present and to stay focused on forming those bonds um, between each other. Here we go, guys. Coach Morales, Jen Saleo, Georgia Tech, time to grow. Giving us a little bit of a backstory for our listeners. All right, so Coach Morales, you know, you're a Georgia Tech alum uh, where you were an All-American shortstop. So it's really cool to have you on the show. And could you just talk to us a little bit about what it feels like for you to be back as a head coach of a program that you're so passionate about, that you were part of as a player. Just talk to us a little bit about what that experience means to you and kind of what it's been like so far. It's hard to put one word or one phrase on it because I just feel out of gratitude and appreciation to be involved in this program because it was a program that I spent so much of my blood, sweat, tears, uh, whatever it might be at. And and so very few people, you know, are, are fortunate enough to get to play somewhere and then come back and coach there and be in that role of, you know, having been a player and then now a coach. And, and so I've got to see like, I've kind of come full circle in this whole process of being recruited there, playing there, and now being the person who's recruiting people there, right? And so uh, really grateful, humbled, and, 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 and feel very fortunate to get to, to be a part of this program because, you know, I have a lot of love and, and, and passion and pride in, in Georgia Tech softball. Every day when I drive in, I, I just feel very blessed. You know, when you said full circle, I feel like I can really relate to that from being a former player at Decula for Coach Kiefer until, you know, now being the head coach of the program, and the same for, for you at Georgia Tech, you know, there is a different emotion and passion that's tied to that. And so I think it does push us, inspire us, and motivate us in a little bit different way. Really cool for you to be back where you are. Your past and your history with Georgia Tech softball is definitely a huge part of why you do what you do to build relationships now inside of your program. And first, let's talk to your shortstop. So Jen Saleo is the freshman shortstop for Georgia Tech. If you haven't seen her play, you need to look up some videos, guys. She is human highlight reel right now. You know, I was blessed to coach Jen her senior year of high school. I'm able to say firsthand that she's an outstanding person first who is passionate about people and softball and just life. I understand what she brings to that program at Georgia Tech because I had a chance to witness it. Jen, talk to us a little bit about what it's been like for you to play at such an elite level for Georgia Tech and Coach Morales. Every player on this team is just so put together and like we love each other and like we're truly one family and that's all credits to coach Morales because she loves us and treats us as one of her own and she helps us build each other up to become great women in the world and just getting to play at this high level is just so much fun I wouldn't want to do with another team. It's so cool to hear you 
first of all, so great just to hear you, hear your voice again and, and just be able to talk with you. But it's really cool to hear you talk about, you know, your feelings and your thoughts about Georgia Tech softball, Coach Morales and your teammates. I mean, you're still in the midst of your freshman year, which has been obviously stricken by COVID and craziness and, you know, everything's very different. And despite all of that, you know, everything that you're saying right now is about the people around you, which is all about building relationships. Just really cool to hear that. Coach Morales, give us an idea of the culture of Georgia Tech softball. Our goal is to provide an opportunity for everybody to become the best version of themselves. And so I think it's competitive day in and day out. And and our goal is to empower these women to be able to be successful when they leave. It's a competitive atmosphere. It is, you know, day in and day out, pushing them to be the best they can be. Because I think that um, if we don't do that, we're doing them a disservice. You know, uh, they step out into the workforce. And when they step out into, you know, life, you know, you've got to be able to handle yourself on your own, right? And so my job is to, I think if I do my job well as a coach, they don't need me. If they do need me, they'll call me. But, you know, the best compliment that I can can be given by a player is, you know, them being able to go out into the, the world and, and live on their own and sustain themselves and create, a, have a family, whatever that might be for them, whatever their goals are. But, but I do think that we try to create powerful women and empower women to be able to stand on their own in their life, right? And so the coaching part of it is like, you know, as a coach, you want them to, you know, want you or to need help from you at times, but really the best thing that I can do for them is sometimes be the one to give them a pat on the back, sometimes be the one to be like, yo, you need to wake up and and we, we've got to play all those roles. But if we do that right, they're going to be the ones doing that by their junior and senior year. And and then they're going to, that's going to carry over to, you know, those freshmen and those sophomores. And, and that is when you get the culture of the team coaching itself, right? When we can get to a place within our cultures, within our businesses, our schools, our programs, where the culture has been so established and is so understood and is so just ingrained in every person and everything that we do, it does become, you know, the freshmen come in, they learn, and then by the time they're juniors, they are doing the teaching and it's no longer really coming from the coaches, but it is being permeated throughout the entire organization, the entire program because of the players and because they're bought in and because the culture is so strong. And again, all of that goes back to building relationships because we cannot pass on culture. We cannot leave legacy if there's no relationships that are formed and no relationships that are present. And so um, sounds like that your culture at Georgia Tech is strong. It sounds like you guys are established and you understand what your vision is and that you're working towards that goal every single day together and all that you do. Jen, if I were to say to you, what does culture mean? What would you say? Culture to me would be day in, day out, the way you live your life. The culture at Tech is incredible. And just the way every practice, every day, like schoolwork, softball, anything, like the way Georgia Tech is has their culture is just incredible because it just means so much to everyone and we truly embrace it. You said to embrace it. I think that's a really powerful way to say that because it is a culture that you've walked into as a freshman, right? And here you are at Georgia Tech, you know, huge university, academically known, and and you're already saying that you have embraced the culture. Regardless of what the environment, the culture of Georgia Tech softball is something that you've bought into, that you believe in, that you love, um, and that you respect. I mean, I think that's a testament to, obviously, Coach Morales, her coaching staff, and, and just years of, you know, culture being formed there. Man, it's so good to hear that. 
Um, Coach Morales, talk to me a little bit about what you feel building relationships does for your program. Okay, this is the, the theme for this episode. You know, we want to dive in a little bit deeper to what building relationships actually does for us. So talk to me a little bit about that. I think, I, think, I mean, relationships are the cornerstone of culture. It's the cornerstone of communication. I mean, I think that it's so easy to judge someone, you know, on face value. And, you know, that's that's the worst thing you could do to an individual is just, you know, base something on an assumption, right? And so relationships are huge for me, you know, trying to understand what makes Jen tick or what makes, you know, a Mal Black tick or what makes a Cameron Stanford tick. Those are all going to be different things and they're going to be different than than what makes me tick. And that's okay, right? Finding those common commonalities and finding those pieces and, and those ways where we can relate, right, is, is how we build those relationships with each other. And then from there, you know, it allows me to have these tougher conversations with them, or it allows me to, you know, be like, Hey, I'm like, yo, I love you. Like, and this is why I love you. And, and, you know, be there for them when they're having tough moments. And, um, but if you, if you can't build that relationship on the front end, you're never going to be able to be there for those tough moments or be able to just sit and listen when they need somebody to talk to. Uh, so I think relationships, I, I don't think you have culture without relationships. I don't think you have, you know, communication without relationships and, and, it, and it, it or they, they go hand in hand. Right. And it all starts with just, you know, trying to get to know them as people and learning their why and, and what makes them go and, and what makes them tick. And, you know, when I first got into coaching, I was like, everybody just needs to want to win all the time. And duh. Yeah. But like people's motivations are different. And if you can't figure out what their motivations are, uh, their why, uh, you're going to have a really hard time relating to players because, you know, our roster, we got 25 players on our roster right now this season. That's a lot of different personalities. That's a lot of different whys. And um, it, it takes time to develop those relationships and to build those bonds with them. But once you kind of get in there and they give you a little nugget, because somebody won't always give you a nugget right away, you know, they'll take some time to peel back the, the layers. Um, but once you can get in there and learn a little bit more when they start opening up and, and it, it takes me to, you know, I'm not the easiest person always to talk to. So, you know, you've got to like works both ways. Um, but once you can kind of get in there and, and start to like figure out each other's why and why you do what you do beyond just, I love playing softball, but like who you are as a person that, that builds and that makes those conversations and that makes those, um, those things on the field so much easier because everybody knows you're coming from a place of love because you care about each other. Teams don't work without relationships and great teams don't work without uh, strong relationships. It's, it's that simple to me. You said cornerstone. That's the very first thing you said. And that's such a great word to use because it truly is what relationships are for us. And so you talked about, you know, not judging people by face value, but but taking the time to to dig deeper, to peel that onion, to just kind of better understand each other. And, you know, you said you got to search for commonalities and understand the why, you know, everybody is different. You're, you're right in that. And so if you're a principal and you have different teachers, I mean, every teacher is different and they have different motivations. And so understanding them on that level, you know, helps you to be a better principal. Understanding our players helps us to be better coaches. And so in order to do that, we have to take the time to get to know them. Um, and we have to be able to break down walls and barriers and, and be able to understand people on a different level and it can't just be surface. You know, Simon Sinek has a great book and it's called Start With Why. It is so true. And it's what you said multiple times just now in your responses that you got to know the why behind why people do what they do. And and once you know that, then you understand what makes people tick. And, and you also said it goes both ways. And, and that's true. So, you know, if I take the time to develop a relationship with my player, 
you know, naturally there's a relationship being built the opposite direction as well. So that player is now getting to know me in the same way and my barriers are being broken down and that player is seeing me on a more personal level. And so that, that creates more of a bond and it does allow me to go back and have that tougher conversation. It does create space for those things to be able to take place. And so I completely agree, coach. So Jen, talk to us a little bit about, you know, your entire life as an athlete. You know, you've been able to see firsthand the importance of building strong relationships. So tell us what you believe strong bonds do for the chemistry of a program. Um, I'd have to say just having relationships in general is key because you could have as much talent as you want in one team. But if those relationships and those bonds aren't there, the, each we like we won't trust each other. So having those bonds, like being able to know that like if I mess up, my teammate has my back or vice versa. And especially for Georgia Tech, it's very key because like we're with each other every single day. And like this has such, been such a long season, even though it may seem quick, it's been long. And going through the ups and downs together, having those relationships to back each other up through the good or the bad is key because it helps us succeed and stay together. First of all, it's so cool to have your insight. You know, you, you, you have a different perspective because you are a student athlete. And so the role that you are in is a little different uh, than Coach Morales or than myself or than a principal or a business owner. And so it's really neat to hear your perspective because you're seeing it from a different angle. You use the word trust in your response a couple of different times. And I think that really sheds light on what you're seeing from a player's perspective that, you know, building relationships, it puts trust at the forefront and it just opens the door and propels your entire team towards success. And so trust, that's a big part of it. All right, so Coach Morales, uh, tell me a little bit about how you feel the relationships among your coaches impact the dynamic of the entire program. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, my assistant, Reese, we've, gosh, we've known each other for since we played against each other in college, and then we played together on the Puerto Rican national team. So we've known each other for almost 15 years now or close to it. And so, you know, that's that's huge one because, you know, having someone you trust – having a coaching staff that you trust, having, you know, highly competitive people on your coaching staff who want to, you know, be the best in the country, want to win at a high level, play at a high level. Um, all those things are important because those values and those goals have to align. But the trust is is the main piece because as a coach and as a head coach, there's going to be certain aspects that, you know, you can't have your hand in everything all the time. You have to oversee um, certain areas in the ACC and the schedule that we're doing and the amount of other, you know, things that you're asked to do as a head coach at the college level. And, you know, even at the high school level, there's a lot of different things you're asked to do beyond just the coaching and the trust component is, is huge. Knowing that, you know, if you, um, that you have that understanding with your, with your staff. And like I said, Reese and I would go back a long time, you know, we were friends before we were ever uh, coworkers. And, but it's huge just to know that you got people that are extremely talented on your staff. I mean, just phenomenal. And Marty's phenomenal. Um, Again, it just it goes back to trust. It goes back to having a great camaraderie, having great um, ability to have communicate with each other effectively, right? And and being able to give that information onto the team and know as a as a head coach that that information is being you know passed down appropriately and 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 every aspect you know is consistent, whether it's pitching, hitting, defense. That that those expectations in your program are being being spread out, you know, throughout all areas, and so. Yeah, I, I think coaching staff, if you have great relationship, great chemistry, that's going to be seen by the players. The players are going to feed off of that as well. You know, you've got to be able to, as, as coaches, uh, you know, be authentic, be who you are and um, work at a high level. Yes, coach, you said authentic. And that that word is so heavy because the people around us respect us on such a different level. 
a deeper level. They have a better understanding of us. They feel more comfortable with us when they feel like they know who we truly are. And so like you're talking about the dynamic of your coaching staff, how powerful is that that your players can see all of their coaches being their authentic selves, right? I just truly believe that that makes a huge difference in the overall culture. It also makes it easier to develop relationships. You know, people want to build relationships with people who they feel are genuine. And so, man, kudos to you guys for for developing that kind of culture within your coaching staff um, so, that it, so that it rubs off and pours into your players and so that they can see that and, and then feel comfortable as well to be themselves and be authentic around you. So, Jen, can you give me a, an example of a specific time that you saw – you know, the fruits of having strong bonds and relationships really come to fruition? Like, when did you see that happen in, in your experience so far, either in life or at Georgia Tech? I just have to say a specific time I saw, like, the relationship show up was in the fall. We were struggling, and, well, personally, myself, I was struggling. And I had amazing teammates. I my best friend, Mallory Black, who's at third base right next to me. She showed up for me when, when I needed her, and she helped me get out of, like, the little hole I was in. And just having, like, not just her, but also, like, all other teams, doesn't matter if she was a freshman or a senior or fifth year, they were always there for me, even though they may not have realized it. They helped me get out of my like my struggle and it helped me get out of my head. So just the the relationships I had with them were key because just on and off the field, it became a big part of me and it just helped us grow together stronger. I mean, how great that you feel like you had people in your corner. I mean, that's got to be one of the best feelings in life is to know that people believe in us. They have our back. They're in our corner. And so just listening to you talk about that, you know, you, you felt like coming in as a freshman, you had some low points, you're struggling you weren't alone. And I think that's what's so powerful about having relationships and building those in the beginning. And they're able to come through in times like that. And so I'm thankful that you had people like Mallory Black and and other teammates and even fifth year seniors, like you said, who were there for you and and they helped you uh, through those times. And I think that's awesome. But I think probably to me, what I was thinking about when you were saying that, Jen, is that even more than that, Think about how that has now prepared you and and made you self-aware that, okay, now when you're a fifth-year senior or you're a junior and there's a freshman that comes in and they're struggling, you're going to immediately, naturally, respond to that in the same way that it was responded to when you were in that position. And I think that's really cool because you're going to be able to do the same thing. And we talked about that in the first episode that, you know, when people pour into us, we're able to pour into others. And so that was done for you and and somebody was there and they picked you up and they were in your corner and you're going to see that now. And when you do see it, you're going to be that person that gets to be there for them. And so I think that's really, really neat. So one thing that I feel as leaders that, that we have the ability to see and the perspective to see more so than everyone else, I think sometimes is that our people, they develop at different pace. Their timetable is different because their personalities are different. Their why is different. Their motivation is different. Some are intrinsically motivated and others are not. And so I think it's really interesting as leaders, we have the ability to watch our players or our employees develop, but it's really neat when we see that light come on. It's really neat to have that moment where you're like, oh, it clicked and there it is. And you see the fruits of all the labor and everything that's been put in. So maybe give us some insight and into what you've seen as far as a head coach at Georgia Tech and when your players develop, how they develop, and what that's like. You talked about Trish hitting that home run. 
and I, I, this is something I say to the team a lot, appreciating that grand slam at NC State. This is something I say to the team a lot. If you're fortunate enough to play long enough, you will be the hero, the a-hole, and everything in between. You just will. Mm-hmm. course of the game. If you're lucky enough to play long enough, and you're, you will be the one who hits the game-winning hit, you will be the person who makes the error to lose the game, you'll be the person who scores the winning, you'll be all those things if you're lucky enough. But like, that's the beauty of the game is that you get to do all those things. And if you, you can't hang on the bad, right? You can't hang on the bad moments. You've got to, you got to flush it, move on, learn from it. And so to me, I feel like they get it when they're able to flush that. And then next time they're successful in that moment, right? So Trisha Awald, Clemson, right? Was it Clemson, Jen? Where she had, she's up with bases loaded against Clemson, second week of the season. Yeah. It's, a, I mean, an absolute shot right at the shortstop we lose the game, right? And if she would have been left or right, we win the game. She comes out the next time, NC State, bases loaded and hits the grand slam. And those are like, to me, are moments when they get it in the game, right? Because yeah. it's like you were here and you failed in that moment, but you had to fail in that moment to be able to succeed the next time. And that's going to happen. And if you play long enough, you'll get to be in all of those moments. And and you that's why you got to enjoy the ones when when you're successful because you're not, you're not going to always come up and be successful in them. That's that's part of the game, right? Those processes prepare you and the failures prepare you for the bigger moment so that you can be successful in that big moment. Coach, I actually watched the NC State game. I missed the Clemson one. I watched the NC State one when Awald hit the grand slam uh, to to put you guys ahead. And that was that was a really cool moment. And it was a moment that you saw your entire team show up for her and understanding how big that moment was for her and your program. And uh, it, it was it was a powerful moment to watch on TV and, and really cool to hear you kind of talk about it and, and how you were able to see it, like I said, from a different perspective as a head coach and uh, to see the failure on the front end um, turn into success on the back end. And, you know, you said earlier that in that response that you can't hang on the bad moments. You have to flush it. And, and it is always about perspective. We have to be able to shift we have to shift our mindset and get ourselves in a better place. And you also said that, you know, it's the failure that prepares you for the success. And, you know, I completely agree with that statement. You know, I would say that failure is never a wasted event. It isn't. It's all about how do we see it. And, you know, when we can create an environment where there is no fear of failure, but instead it's appreciated and, and our employees, our players, our colleagues, like, we look at failure as, okay, well, that sucked, but there should always be a but. Like, okay, that sucked, but, and then what's going to happen after that? Because it's always growth, okay? So failure almost always precedes success. I think when we get into that mindset is when we can really start to, to flourish. And again, just to relate it back, I mean, guys, it's the relationships that we build that allow all of these things to happen. You know, if there's no relationship built, there's no trust built, there's not a strong culture that's established, then our people are not going to see failure as a chance for success. It's not going to be seen that way. And so that's why it's so vital that we are building relationships on the front end so that we can see moments like this. So moments like this are possible. All right, guys. So this question is for both of you. Let's start with Jen. Share something with us that you have done specifically to strengthen the bonds and relationships that you have with those around you. I'd have to say just having a simple conversation with them because especially with you, like you were new to me and I was new to you and just having the conversation of like, 
getting to know each other beyond softball was key because it allowed us to trust each other and just grow more together. And I think that really showed on the field because that allowed us to like have each other's back. And then same with like coaches now, like my pre- my current coaches, like my past teammates, my current teammates, just getting to know them with a simple conversation outside of the softball world is key because on the softball field, we're only going to be softball players for so much longer, but being able to be friends outside of the field and have each other's backs throughout life is, I think is key because it allows you to trust each other and, and bond, bond you together for a little bit longer. And just it shows because on the field, when things start going south, like you, you have each other's back because you trust each other and they're, they're cheering me on when I'm doing good or I'm cheering them on when they're doing good. So just a simple conversation to grow each other more is key for like relationships and bonds on the field and on off. Yeah, Jenna, I mean, you kind of hit it on the head there. And relationships do show up more in adversity. And, and we said it last week, too. Culture is highlighted during times of challenge. And and so since we know that the things that we pour so much into, building relationships, establishing a culture, are going to show up in the hard times, we've definitely got to be intentional to be sure that we're doing a great job at those things. And so I love, I love that you mentioned at the beginning that just having a simple conversation and it seems so simple, right? But yet I feel so many people, they just don't do it. And I, I believe that a simple conversation can go a long way. And it, and it does form a bond. It does create a space for people to learn more about each other, to feel more comfortable around each other, to trust each other more. Um, and then that just kind of flows into naturally more conversations happening and more trust being built and It's just an ongoing daily thing, but there has to be that consistency there. And it does all start with a simple conversation. And you're right. You know, Jen, when I first came to Decula, you were going into your senior season. And and I think that there was a situation. I remember the day, actually. I'm pretty sure that's what you're referring to, where we sat down and we had a conversation. And we talked and we just asked each other questions and we listened, which is such a big part of communication that I think is missed so often. And, And we have to be great listeners in order to... A, hear what the person is saying so that we can actually take it in and let it matter, let it mean something and let it change us and help them. Um, but it's important to listen so that they see that we're present in that moment. You know, I remember that conversation with you being very meaningful. I remember you being able to talk about your emotions, about what it felt like to be a senior, to have a new coaching staff, you know, the fears of that, but also the excitement. And it was just a great conversation, I feel, for both of us to, to better understand where the other one was coming from. And I think the best part was that we did that at the very beginning. And that was kind of able to set the stage for us. And like Coach Morales said, it just became the cornerstone. So that was the day that I think our relationship really sparked and it, and it was able to start from there and continue to build. And it sounds like, you know, you guys are doing that so consistently and so steadily at Georgia Tech within your program, which is why the culture is what it is there. So Coach, you know, same question to you. You know, could you share a practice that you've implemented as a head coach that's kind of made relationship building a priority within your program? One in the you know in the fall we have our players split up into groups, so you know, like they're they name them, and so it's about five players in each group. They come up with a name, and it's you know whatever they want to name their group that's appropriate to go on social media. And you know they they uh, they're kind of competing. So you know we track a lot of things in our program and. Um, they're competing throughout the fall um, just to create a competitive atmosphere, but they also meet and do things. So like I, tr- I really do try to create like a, 
environment where it forces the players to kind of interact a little bit more than they would outside of the field one. So we set up those groups and call them families, whatever, but they name them and, and it's probably about five or six players in a group. And again, those are their buddies. They've got, you know, big sisters. So uh, they, you know, try to help them, you know, find their way because it's always hard, you know, the first semester, everything's new. Um, and then you're adding sport into it, right? Us as coaches, um, you know, it's been different during uh, obviously COVID, but Prior to when our dining halls and things were open, we would do player lunches and, and be a couple, you know, every other week, different coaches or a different coach would meet with two or three players and you just sit, sit down and have lunch together. A lot of the times I don't even talk very much in those settings because it's just them talking and it's, it's really cool just, you know, to interact and you learn a lot more about each other in those settings. And like I said, I think most of it just comes from, you know, talking around a meal or coffee. And so this year, you know, we did those more like one-on-one coffee or lunch, you know, meetings and just, you know, get together, sit down and, and catch up. And it's so interesting. Some of the things that you learn from those very small conversations. And, and I'm a big believer. I don't know if part of it's cause I'm, you know, Hispanic or what, but like most of the, most of the interactions or relationship building or things that, that I do with friends and family are over, you know, dinner, coffee, you know, meals, it's surrounded around meals. And so I think that there's a very, human element to like interacting over a meal or coffee or drinks or whatever that might be. Right. And so uh, I think the more that you can create, I know they do dinners together as well as, as um, a team and, and on their own, the more you can create those environments, those settings where you guys are breaking bread together. Um, that really kind of brings uh, sets back those barriers and, and allows people just to relax and be who they are. You know, I, I agree with you that when you can, when you can create those informal settings, uh, to try to just dig deeper, have conversation, listen to each other, get to know each other. You said, you know, breaking bread. It's so true. And I think that when we can create space for that to happen on a consistent base, basis, it does help to erase the barriers that would be there had we not done that, had we not taken the time to do that. And, you know, I love that you do that with your team in the fall, that you guys create groups and it's a competitive environment and everything that you do. I think that's a great way to build you know, team unity. I think it's a great way to build relationships among the people in those groups and just with the whole group. So I think that's awesome. I think that's a note that we can all take away. Um, and then you also just talked about doing the the one-on-one just to listen and communicate over coffee, over lunch. And I know, you know, as a former player, obviously, how much that would mean to me as a player. And so kudos to you that you're taking the time to do that with your players individually, um, to spend time with them knowing that they're away from home, they're at college and it's going to be difficult and there's going to be times where it's hard. You know, I love that you're doing that. I'm almost positive your players appreciate that and love that as well. Um, but how cool for you too, at the same time, that you're able to learn more about your players in that kind of setting. And so I just think that's awesome. I love that you do that. Um, all right, guys. So we're going to roll into the culture investment shout out part of our podcast. This is just a time that in the show that we just want to give our guests the opportunity to show gratitude. So remember guys, people pour into us, right? So we're not where we are by accident. Uh, we got here for a reason and because of other people. And so this is a time where you can say thank you to, you know, someone in your life that's poured into you that's helped shape the person that you are today. So Jim, we're going to start with you. We'll let Coach Morales uh, finish this off for this episode. So Jen, talk to us a little bit about someone who in your life has poured into you and helped you to become the leader and the person that you are today. I feel like to say my father is just one of the biggest, like my best fans I've ever had because 
even on late nights after I do bad, he's there to pick me up. Or when I'm doing good, he's my number one fan at every single game. He always takes me, takes me to BP in the cages, hit me ground balls, drive long hours to tournaments. He always showed up for me, and like both my parents did. But he was just such a key role in my life, and has helped me become such a great person and player. And that's credit to both my parents, but like my dad, he would always always hit me BP whenever I asked for it or whenever I needed front toss. He was there for me and always showed up for me. Yeah, you know, I can personally attest to how wonderful your parents are, how they've always been there for you, how they show up for you. And like you said, your dad specifically, you know, hitting ground balls to you, working with you in the cages, being there to pick you up when you've had a bad day. And I know how much you want to make both of them proud. And I know that you've done that and that you're doing that every single day in every aspect of your life. But let's, let's, let's dig a little deeper, Jen. So I know this part of you because we share this in common. Uh, I was adopted um, when I was two weeks old and raised by the most wonderful parents who I feel so blessed uh, to have. You know, they've loved me like their own because I am theirs uh, for my entire life and I wouldn't trade them for the world. Understanding that, you know, you, you are in the same position and you were adopted. And so just kind of speak on that for a second and kind of tell us what that means to you. Um, so I am adopted. I was adopted when I was about a month old and it's really special because my parents took me in as one of their own and they have really truly made me feel like I am their kid and they are my parents. Like I would never want anyone else with my parents and they raised me to be the player and the person I am today and I'm so thankful to have them in my life. You know, you and I know what that feels like to be adopted and to be raised by, you know, just the most wonderful parents and I know that we're both so grateful and man, it's so good. But yeah, Jenna, I love that. I love your story. I love who you are, how you carry yourself. And I know that your parents are so proud of you for everything that you've accomplished. And they're such a big part of why you, you are who you are today. And so uh, I know that culture investment shout is going to mean a lot to them. So now, Coach Morales, uh, your turn. Give us a shout out to someone who has poured into your life and shaped you. Oh, man. Uh, it's hard to follow that up. You know, so we have this... I'll try to be short and sweet, but we have this uh, this thing when you come in the door at our locker room, it's a gratitude wall, and you have something you're grateful for for the day. You write it on a post-it note and you stick it up there. And I actually, my gratitude yesterday was my mom, my dad, and my sister. They had actually come to visit this past weekend, and so it was just really nice to, you know, once you get older, you don't get to see them as much, obviously. And so it was really cool to just spend, like, some time with them in between games and have them actually come to, to watch the games this weekend and um, so I would I would definitely say my parents by far would not be where I am today if it wasn't for them uh, so I always had to give them a shout out I think if I was going to name one person from a coaching standpoint it would be uh, Coach Aaron Earlywine uh, he recruited me here um, to Georgia Tech and he's always been somebody that throughout my career I've called him um, he's been there for me uh, even text me during this season and stuff and so you know it's just Always kind of there, giving positive encouragement, and um, one of one of um, favorite coaches I've played for. Uh, and so I, I would say my parents and, and him, and and then also I got one more, Coach Perkins, who I played for as well. Uh, she actually came up and watched us play at Middle Tennessee, and it's just it's it's nice as a now as a coach as well, just to still have those relationships with people who you know coached me 10 years ago, however long ago it was and to have them still, you know, be invested in, in, in my success, you know, not as an athlete, but as a, as a person. And so seeing that and seeing how they are still invested and, and still coaching, right, 
like I said, like they're like if I'm a good coach, these people don't need me. It doesn't mean you still aren't there for them, right? And so they're they're still there with those those words of encouragement and with advice and and just to say great job. And so those those would be my I know I named multiple. Those would be my shout outs for sure. I mean, I know that we could all probably name off you know ten plus people in our lives that have truly impacted us and and brought us to where we are today and. I love the people that you shouted out to. I know that they're going to appreciate that as well. And what I really liked was something I feel we could all take away from the table today was the gratitude wall that you guys do inside your your softball clubhouse at Georgia Tech. And that is such a great idea because I think when we can stay focused on having a heart of gratitude, I think it, it can completely change our perspective on life. And so... You know, what a great thing for you guys to do that every day you walk in and you write down something that you're grateful for. And anytime I think that we can write, you know, anytime we can actually write it down, make it a habit, put it in a journal, it makes it more real, right? It makes it more in our face. And so if every day we walked in and wrote down something we were grateful for, like you guys are doing, we're very aware. And it makes us more intentional to tell those people thank you, to be thankful for whatever that thing is. And so... Man, I love that. I think it's a great idea. Um, totally jacking it. We're going to do it in our field house starting this year. Because um, it's really easy to, to say those things, right? It's really easy to say, hey, we should be grateful for that. Or make sure that you say thank you for that. Um, but again, I think that when we write it down, when we take the time to be intentional, I think it's just powerful. And I think it makes a huge difference. So, yeah, I think that's great, Coach. All right, friends, so we're at the end of episode two of the Culture Carries This Podcast. Man, it's been great having Coach Morales and her shortstop, Jen Slayo, on the show. You know, the insight and the wisdom that, that they've brought today about building relationships, about how those relationships impact the day-to-day of everything that they do and ultimately the culture that they're establishing and even the legacy that they leave behind. And so here are key takeaways from the week, guys. Number one, relationships are the cornerstone and foundation for all else. We have to be intentional about building great relationships on the front end. Number two, relationships create space for tough conversations to take place. You know, as leaders, we're going to be in situations where we have to have those tough conversations. And so we need to have relationships in place that help those land in a better way. Number three, consistency creates culture. You know, Jen said it during the podcast, you know, it's the day in, it's the day out. And so what are we doing every day to be consistent and to show consistency to the people that we lead? Number four, Failure is never a wasted event. It never is, guys. You know, failure should be appreciated. And we we need to create an an atmosphere where there is no fear of failure. The other side of failure is growth. Man, so yeah, unpacking, building relationships today with these two has been wonderful. You know, I hope that you guys are encouraged. I hope you can take something, even one thing, away from this episode that will make you more intentional and more self-aware of the relationships that you're building and the lives that you have the ability and the opportunity to impact each and every day in your profession as a leader right where you are so remember guys be present get uncomfortable seek growth see you next week friends